If I learned anything from today's show with Al McCleary, it is definitely to start the conversations early. Welcome to the wind down, everyone. We have a fantastic episode for you today with our good friend, Al. Uh, we've talked to you in the past about CCRCs, Continuous Care Retirement Communities. We've talked to you about them in concept and theory, but Al has actually gone through the whole process and he kind of took us through how it all started from A to Z and things to be thinking about. And like Morgan said, start the conversation early. Yeah, this is, uh, we had a show on this one, uh, like Merce said, but this one we, we just think was so key because it's a person who has lived through it. He gets to give all of his experiences. And so uh, we're excited to have him on. Real quick, if you've not had a chance, check out the website, pomwealth.net. Check out the blog page. Uh, we have new articles coming out every single week. You can also go there and click on the button for a complimentary 15-minute phone conversation. Merce and I would love to be able to have a conversation with you and answer any questions you might have about getting ready for or living throughout retirement. But before we get into this show, we have to do a quick disclosure. That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Let's wind on down. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to our podcast. It's a little bit different this time. We've not had many guests inside uh, here with us, but we do today. Um, and so let me just say this before I go much further. We've got Al McCleary with us, who is um, a client of ours, a friend of ours, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about what we call CCRCs. We'll explain what that means later, but thank you so much, Al, for buying out time to come in and talk to us today. No problem. No problem. I enjoyed it. It's a topic near and dear to my heart. Great, great. So, um, just to do a little bit of a setup here, uh, this is our wind down. You got to come in for that. That's how we like bribed you to get in here. <laughs> so uh, Morgan, before we get into this too much further, could you tell us what wine we've got that we're drinking today? Yes, we are drinking a Pinot Grigio from Schiopetto. It's Mario Schiopetto. It's a um, winery in Italy. Um, and it's got a lot of Dried lemon, apple, peaches, peach pit, and stone character. Medium to full body, but I'm a Pinot Grigio girl, so I'm excited mm -hmm. to give this one a try. All right. Well, great. Well, let's get it started here. Merce, could you kind of do a nice setup and as to why we brought Al in uh, as a client and a person we've been working with, just to kind of give a little bit of background why we brought him in? Yeah, I'd love to. We've, uh, we've known Al for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to 2012 or 2013 is when we first started working with Al. And um, there's a lot of things that Al came to, for the reasons that Al came to us, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but ultimately what we're talking about today is this thing called a CCRC, which stands for a continuing care or continuous care retirement community. We've actually done a podcast on this uh, uh, a while ago um, to talk really more about, well, what is a CCRC? How do they work? How do they operate? 
Um, but a couple years ago, Al and I started this whole conversation of, hey, I think CCRCs are becoming a reality for uh, me and my wife, and we need to really start exploring uh, how do we do this? Can we afford to do this? And, and everything in between. And so uh, what we're doing today for this special wind down is we're going to pick Al's brain, really, because you know we talk to you guys all the time in, in a very conceptual type of manner. But Al has gone through this and he's seen he's seen it firsthand. He's done the research firsthand. So he has a wealth of knowledge that we figured, you know, why not ask Al to share his experiences uh, and things that he would do differently, maybe, or uh, just any advice that he has to anyone that is currently thinking about this CCRC idea. So I'll kick I'll kick it off just by starting and asking the question to Al. You know, there's textbook definitions and everything like that. But in your opinion, what what do you what do you define or how do you define what a CCRC is? So the big issue here, once you turn some age and Russell was 68 or 69, you begin to think about the fact that, gee, you know, I'm not going to be 65 years old forever and ever and ever anymore, which is what you think when you're 25. You think you'll be 25 <laughs> forever. And, you know, the the, uh, the the later part of our life. What are we going to do? Well, we started thinking. And the two general approaches everybody has is a CCRC, which is, I'll explain in detail in a minute, a continuing care retirement community, or um, uh, a self-managed uh, stepwise thing. You stay in your home as long as you can. You get whatever care you can. When that becomes untenable or both people are in difficulty, now you have to pick up shop and move to a, a assisted living and now yeah, then you have to pick up shop and move someplace else. And it's up to you to organize, plan, and pay for all that stuff. And the difference with that in a CCRC is that a CCRC has the three essential steps of care, independent living, which is just an apartment, assisted living, which is kind of self-explanatory, and then skilled nursing and or memory care. But they're all integrated into a single corporation organized to help move people along the line as they need it. And so you don't have to call up your brother in the middle of the night because the person who's supposed to come and help your wife take a bath left town and can't. So now what do you do? I mean, it, those kinds of things don't happen in a CCRC. And for us, that kind of, holy cow, what happens when became hard to think about. I mean, it's I mean, it's hard enough when you're 50 years old and can think fast. When you're 80 years old and can't think, it's it's a challenge. And so we wanted to avoid that. So we chose the CCRC for those reasons. Well, that's great. So we, like you know, like Merce said, is that you know this is something that was not one of those decisions that you wake up on a <laughs> Monday and go, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just go do this. Um, and you are a type person that does a, a fantastic job of research and trying to figure it out. So there's different types of CCRCs and, and the different types kind of have this idea of whether or not you um, buy in or you rent or you do whatever. So could you take us through a little bit of what you went through in that and how your thought process went? So there's, um, and, and let me just, just uh, divert, uh, digress a minute. One of the resources which we heard about from somebody who heard it from somebody and got it and it's, I mean, I commend this to anybody who's even thinking about thinking about this. North Carolina Department of Insurance, NCDOI, has an annual guide called CCRC Reference Guide. Hmm. 
and they've they list every CCRC that I mean this is a North Carolina requirement. If you set up a CCRC, you are required to make nice with the with the DC NC NCDOI. And so they have re requirements and guidelines and uh, various mechanisms that you have to have to follow. The, the what's in the guide is a list of every CCRC in, in the state, where they are, uh, all the key metrics, parameters, finances, size, and 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 and, and uh, they also require each CCRC to write a uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, a disclosure statement, mm -hmm. which follow, has to has to list a number of specific things in a certain order. I mean, it's pretty prescriptive, and that's included in this book. And the book is 250 pages long, mm. and it's it's pretty big because of all the stuff that's in it. And so that's an enormously valuable reference for all kinds of stuff, either to en end your search by having the answer, or to at least point you in the right direction to find even more detailed answers. So it's very, it's it's really 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 very valuable, but the um, I didn't go through all of them, but the book lists five contract types. I guess that's the that's the designation that separates various kinds of of, of CCRCs. And one is the, the contract types are are extensive, which is the most expensive in one sense, but also the the most satisfying in another sense all the way down to rental and, and, and extensive. There's a entrance fee, a significant size entrance fee. There's a monthly fee, but in exchange for that, you are free and clear to move from one type of care level to another, depending only on you and the medical people in the CCRC's assessment of what you need. And that's, you don't have to pay anything more. A rental is the other end, there's no uh, uh, entrance fee. The monthly fee almost always is considerably higher. Uh, and the only help you get is you have access to health services, but they're billed by the provider at the full, full per diem rate. Mm -hmm. So if you live in one of those for many years, I didn't do the math, but I would guess it might be less expensive to live in a CCRC than to, to try and do this. Uh, and there's four, there's, there's three others in the, in the middle, which are various, they're modified something and some mean names, but they're various mixes and matches of those, those items. And, uh, let's just see, where we are. um, and they, uh, again, by, because of the North Carolina De Department of Insurance, all CCRCs, uh, use a continuing care contract with the resident. When you sign up, you sign like everything. 500 pieces of paper. One of those is the contract, which specifies what they'll do and what you have to do. Mostly what you have to do is, 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 is pay money. But what's listed is what, what they cover for lodging, what they cover for medical and nursing and health services, and what the duration is, either for life or in the case of rental, a, a month at a time. Right. So um, clearly, as you're listening here, Al has done his research and he it's almost like he is one of those Department of Insurance guys that knows exactly <laughs> what he's talking about. Um, and, and, and I have had several conversations with him as we kind of did this whole analysis. But, you know, there's a numbers aspect to it and there's a logistical aspect to it, but there's also a, a big emotional aspect to it. And before we started this podcast, Al and I were just chatting a little bit and he said his number one tip here is to start as early as possible. So Al, can you 
just give us a, a quick, you know, why is that, why is that number one for you? Uh, a, a real quick uh, five second explanation. All CCRCs that I know I've heard about, they have an application process, the purpose of which is to uh, have you provide them with sufficient evidence financially and medically that you qualify for their entrance requirements. Uh, however, um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, what was the question I got? To, right. Uh, so we we'll start early as possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's the financial aspect to it and, and the research aspect to it, but there's also an emotional part here where I'm sure you and Helen had to sit down and have some big conversations yeah. too. And so just take us through that a little bit. So it's, uh, well, for, for, I guess, for example, Helen and I started and we were 65 and what do we know? We've been here forever, but we discovered that that's probably not the case. What are we going to do? So we began to think about this some, and as doing so, uh, the discussions uh, brought forth differences of opinion about what's important and what's not for later life. And, and Helen had, I mean, to use as an example, Helen's initial views and my initial views. So Helen favored living in, at home as long as possible. And at the time we first started this, that was, you know, until we can't, can't, even, can't even move. And that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it has certain advantages, but there's also some consequences which don't work out very well. Uh, she disliked the idea, uh, abstract idea at the time, of living amongst just old people, only old people, because they always die. And well, I mean, yeah, okay, but I mean, there's advantages. And, but then the thing that was really made her very upset was avoiding ending up in a nursing home because her mother did for the last couple mm -hmm. of years, months of her life. I mean, that's, so that was almost number one for me. My mom lived in a CCRC in Virginia for the last 15 years of her life. And I visited her, I mean, she, it worked out very well. She did end up using, uh, 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 make use of a few of the steps of the continuum, continuing continuum of care. She got to assisted living before she passed away. Um, and the reason for the get started early is because if you and your partner are going to uh, dance forward into the into the sunset at some later life thing, you got to be pretty sure that you've wrestled with the things that are just below the surface or far below the surface, and they're not going to come up and cause problems and things could get ugly. So you need to start bringing those up and discuss them and try to find as many real world examples you, as you can of various options people have pursued and how it worked. And, and then that helps you come try to come to a position where you can uh, agree on a, 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 an approach to take and then it becomes easier to decide what you, what you want to do because you're approaching it as a couple rather than as two individuals. Um, the, and the other reason is that um, in the process of doing all this, you know, I mean, you're a couple, but there's also assorted relatives and family and friends and others who have vested interest in you or for whatever reason. And uh, the, two approaches of a CCRC, which is a continuing care of, of, of health versus uh, a self-directed a self means of trying to piece together bits and pieces. Um, it almost, that 
in order for that approach too to work, friends, families, others have to play some or an enormous amount of, of a role because you get to the point where you can't and there is nobody else. There's no, there's no staff person on, on call that can come and arrange things. So you have to figure it out or your sister or your brother or your next door neighbor or somebody. And they got their own lives to lead and, and it becomes kind of unfair to burden them with uh, a lot of stuff which is unknown to them. Whereas the place we pick, for example, has been in business in Cary for, th for 30 years. They've done this for 30 years. They've got everything figured out. Um, and so those are some of the big reasons why it's really important to start having the discussion early. The actual, um, which CCRC shall we get? Well, you get a book and you do this. I mean, that's, that's inf information gathering. It's not particularly emotional. It's important. You got to write it all down, but it makes it easier to do that when you have a common view of things. Yeah. You were saying that, you know, obviously you and Helen had to make the big decision and, and go through it together. But I was kind of wondering from family, as far as like kids aspect, like, did you have to get their buy-in or sell it to them or how did that go? Uh, we only had one son and, and he was, I mean, he's, he, he knew my mom, his grandma very well. And, and he knew Helen's mom, uh, his other grandma less well, but he knew the CCRC and he's been there a bunch of times. And so he was, very familiar with what it is and how it works and right. we thought it was pretty cool yeah i hope that you are enjoying the show by the way if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking learn what the biggest retirement myths are and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement get started today by requesting your complimentary video course four steps to secure your retirement to access the course simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So what do you think, you talked about this conversation, which I think is extremely important between two people. Uh, one may say, hey, I think this is a great idea. The other one says no. And, and you talked about her emotions. I think that's very like standard. I think people are going to have, Hey, these are things I'm worried about. So they're not, not valid. They're very valid concerns. What did you throughout this whole discussion? Um, I'm assuming you're, 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 you're making this purchase to go into a CCRC that Helen did start to change and kind of come into that. What, what did you see as being the things that kind of maybe made her go, okay, and I'm, I'm coming on board with this idea and making that shift. Uh, it wasn't at two o'clock on Friday morning. I mean, I mean it, was, it was the process as you hinted at. And we, you know, when we whittled our list down to a handful of CCRCs, we visited two, the two that are in, in care at the time. And there's one or two others. I don't know, two or three, four times. It got to know a few of the people in the marketing department, talked with residents and so forth to gain experience in the fact that in Helen's concern, well, we're just going to live with a bunch of old people. Well, they're mature, but they're not, you know, like falling over themselves old. Right. And um, what what she uh, came to see was that uh, one, they're not they're not old like like she would think, <clears throat> and two, uh, living in a CCRC while it's different than living at home, it's an apartment building, and you can hear the people next door and so forth. 
this, I'll talk about this new building. It's not going to be like that at all. But um, uh, it's not doesn't got doesn't have the feel of living on top of people like you would on the fifth floor of a apartment building mm -hmm. downtown. And and she got to understand that and see that. And so I think some, and it, it's uh, one of her big things was don't end up in a nursing home. Of course, by definition, you, you won't. There's nursing facilities, of course, and she scares me because nursing is nursing, but uh, it's a continuum and there's a lot of people looking at it and it, it's a lot less horrendous than you would think. Mm -hmm. and, and, and after a period of time, I mean, the other day we we're having a conversation and, and, and she just said, boy, I'm, the only thing that she's concerned about now is this is a, a hard, hardwired feeling in Helen is, you know, I need my space. Well, we have a 2,700 square foot home, one floor and a half. We're moving into a 1,600 square foot apartment, which the first floor of a house is the, that's the size. So it's not really living in a, a Japanese apartment. So, <laughs> so, so I, I mean, she's coming to grips with that. We spend a lot of time, where would we put the furniture? And a significant fraction of what we own, there's a home for. Uh, which brings with it the things that your, your, your good furniture brings with you that you've used for years. And so there's lots of things that would help her see that uh, sometimes somewhat grudgingly would see that this isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, this is, this is a new home, but it's not a lot different than the old home. Right. It's still, it's still a place that you can call home. Oh yeah. And uh, your things. Yeah. Your things. <laughs> and that, that means a lot too. And I mean, it kind of starts the process of, getting rid of some stuff too, right? Which is always, <laughs> you know, over the 30, 30 some years. How long have you been in your current house? Uh, since 12. Yeah. So over the years, you just accumulate and accumulate and, and you know, the attic gets full. And so it's a good way to get started on that. Uh, and, and let me just add along those same lines. So Helen's a bookworm. She loves books. We have uh, a year and a half ago, we had five Two and a half foot four shelf bookshelves up in the up in the upstairs but they're packed and they were three deep there were three wow. rows deep in each shelf did you get all those yeah some <laughs> and over a year and a half she's whittled it down to one third of what oh wow some of that i mean giving away bookstores they'll buy them for you know a dollar a pound I'm, I'm kidding but i mean <laughs> you know and she, and she it takes a huge amount of 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 just physical effort, but also mental effort to get rid of some of your favorite. She's kept some of her favorite books, but yeah. some of them she hasn't. So that's a good sign that the transition's underway. Yeah. yeah. So um, I want to touch on one thing that you said, because I think it's really important to reiterate, you know, there's a, a stigma that's attached to, uh, you know, assisted living and long-term care that this is where uh, you don't ever want to be in this situation. And sometimes that stigma kind of floats into a CCRC too, because it's, well, this is the next step to get closer to this step. And, uh, but what you just pointed out is, Hey, if you go look at these places, it's really just, uh, it's another place to live. And yeah, does it have some features built in for later in life? Absolutely. And at some point we're going to need these. So why not go ahead and at least explore the idea? Because there's a huge part of this that, uh, as we're sitting here talking to Al right now, you know, he, he started this whole journey of research uh, back in 19, I want to say maybe 2019. So a lot of research, a lot of figuring out, hey, can we afford this? But then also 
when you did make that decision out, tell us about that process. Cause I'll tell you right now, it's been two years and Al is not in the CCRC yet. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's an aspect of, Hey, you decide where you want to go. Then you make a, de- a deposit or a commitment to this place. And then you're still, well, or you're actually on a waiting list before you can get called up to make a deposit. And so tell us, tell us that whole journey as far as the timeline goes, because I know right now you're waiting on your building to be built. So kind of comes to the timeliness of, yeah, maybe we make this decision today, but it could be seven, it could be 10 years before we actually are floating into this next step. So I talked about earlier, there's an application, an application process for a CCRC. It serves many goals. One is to prove that you have the resources and the health to be able to enter the CCRC in good shape. And we did that with, with, with Glen Eyre, the, the place we are signed up for in Cary, submitted the application documents and they were accepted. We got on their standard waiting list. The waiting list in June of 19 was over 600 names, which blindly gives about four to seven years of, of, of waiting. It's a little misleading because at that time, the waiting list was everybody and everybody is, it, you're on the same waiting list, no matter what a com- no, apartment, whatever it is you're, you're, you're in line for. So they go through when something comes open, they're looking for people sign up for one apartment or one bedroom. The other one is that they're the requested move-in dates. I mean, they were soon to like five they, people signed were on the waiting list. that didn't want anything for four or five years. So having 600 names is a little misleading. Um, and so, uh, and this is pure serendipity. That was in June of 19 and July of 19, Glen Eyre announced and had a presentation on their building a new building on their current site. And this is a six story, 192 apartment building, a big, big construction project. And as a resident, it's comforting to know that it's a steel and concrete building with no wood. I mean, there's wood, there's, there's no wood. <laughs> and the floors are, are concrete and the steel are the walls. So, so you won't hear your neighbors. Um, so, uh, when they did the presentation, you know, said, well, we have a waiting list for apartments in the new building. Oh, we might as well join. I would, I would ask you out there, everybody, when you're doing this, if there ever comes an opportunity when somebody says something or you can need, need to ask, can you get on the waiting list, do it. What the worst that you'll lose is maybe the you know, fee, 50 bucks, 150 bucks to get on the waiting list. And now you have a place in line for something. And if you end up going to look at another CCRC, another waiting list, I mean, don't hesitate. Get on the waiting list. You don't lose anything by, by doing that. So in June, in July 19, we got on the waiting list for the new building. And then in the following March, March of last year, March 2020, our wait list number came up. And so we got together with the staff at, at Glen Eyre, went through the available remaining apartments. Half of them, half of them had been spoken for already by that point and got an apartment and, and put down the 10% of the entrance fee needed to hold the apartment. And construction began in the fall of 2020. And they think that the move-ins will start mid 2023. So uh, to rephrase uh, the point that MERS made, we started the application process for a specific CCRC in, in June of 19, and we'll move in, in, I don't know, at July or August of 23. That's, that's, that's four years. Uh, much of that's waiting for a building to be built, admittedly, but still. So I think on that point right there, Al, what you started off with, start early. So let's just think about, and I'm going to kind of like timeline and see if I got it right. Uh, there was some period of time that you were just talking with Helen about the idea of a CCRC. 
Now, I don't know what that was. Let's just say that's a couple of years, okay? That gets you to the point where you actually say, let's go start looking. That finally gets you to the point where you say, all right, let's apply. And now you got four or five years. So the whole idea of starting early, you could start this when you're in your 60s, early 60s, and still not be in there until you're in your 70s because you're having this conversation first. And I think that's really important for people to think about. You might be 62, 64 and feel great, have no problems. You're not even wanting to think about other stuff yet. But the whole idea is it could take you eight, nine years to actually get into somewhere before you actually go through this whole process, question, conversation, family, all of that. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know of any other really good analogy in life where at some point in life, you need to start thinking about stuff, which for sure isn't going to materialize for five years, probably, and maybe longer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's important to, to begin that conversation and start the work because the wait list, and at least in this area, this area is growing rapidly. There's a whole bunch of new companies that have signed up and they're going to be bringing people in the area over the next few years, some of whom will probably be senior management and sort of near retirement age and be interested in doing this. And so the wait lists are only going to get longer mm -hmm. by a lot. So would you say at this point, you're kind of getting to the point where you're kind of excited about going in? Yeah. Where's Helen at on that? Yes, I, I think she is excited and then she's really going to miss her home. Oh, it's going to be hard for me. And so I mean, yeah, of course, I mean, that's, that's Helen and that's, that's fine. You know? Yeah. It's okay. And after a period of time, I don't know what, more than two days and less than a year, I hope she's <laughs> uh, accommodated to the, to the new surroundings and some new folks. And so that's one of the things that we liked about, about, about Glen Eyre was the huge amount of range of activities, clubs, uh, random, spontaneous things that they do just because, I mean, it's astounding. It's not, it's not what you think of as an old people's home. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten a chance to meet some of the people that you're going to be living in the area with, or that they're also on the wait list? And kind of we've, that? we've met through, through Zoom, good old Zoom. We've met, uh, <laughs> we've met the people on our, on our, on our floor. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that's, so, so, I mean, the building, the new building is, is full. The waiting list is half long or something. Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, and the only thing I wanted to say, I wanted to thank MERS. I mean, this, you know, I'm a money guy and a numbers guy, sort of like MERS. And uh, we got to worrying about finances and how we can do this and how many thousands we got to give for an interest, <laughs> you know. You know and, and so MERS did a really, really good job of constructing a goofy multi-parameter modeling equation, uh, which, which is good because then and we've used it on and off for two or three years, you know, there's a new, there's a change in some parameter or something and you just call them up and he puts it in and turns the crank and out, out <laughs> yeah. it comes. And the other important thing is he has, which I would advise everybody to do this, is the output of the program is how much money will I have left at date X or at age X and X is any number you want. We chose, uh, the, the one we're going to go, oh my God, we better be careful is the 100. When we get to age 100, th th that's sort of the go, no, no, go, no, go uh, decision point for some move we want to make is when MERS turns the crank and out comes a number, how much money do we have left at the age of 100? Is it $2.50 or is it some reasonable number? And we set a reasonable number only because there's so many damn variables in this equation he put together that he has not a clue, well, some clue, but not very much of a clue about what 
what that might be five mm -hmm. years from now, 10 years from now, right. whatever. So by building in safety at the end of the calculation, as well as in the middle of the calculation, it helps, helps ease everybody's mind. Well, I will say we did not pay Al to give us that little plug as far <laughs> as running us running, running them through the numbers. But yeah, we did have several conversations. And, you know, part of it was us learning how CCRCs really work and the difference between just being in a house versus the expenses when you pick up a CCRC. So it was it was mutually beneficial to go through that exercise. And now, you know, we're, we're doing it for quite a few clients because it is a reality and is it's something that is valuable, but you got to wrap your head around the expenses and whether or not or to be able to understand what you can afford. So um, Al, I, I think this has been fantastic. We could sit here and talk for hours and uh, we'd run out of wine, but um, thank you very much for showing, kind of sharing your insights and, and your experiences. And um, uh, I know that this will be beneficial for anyone that's out there thinking about this whole concept of a CCRC and if it's right for them. So thanks a bunch for coming in. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. I hope people will benefit from it. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.